Hello and welcome to the Football Ramble. Jota's back scoring at Molyneux. England lose another gem and some madness in Brazil. It's Tuesday the 16th of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Russell. Such a depth to your voice, Andy. <laughs> I'm Andy Brussel. It's so nice being back in the studio, boys, isn't yeah. it? And we've got football to talk about from last night, although yes. it wasn't the best game, was it? Liverpool beating Wolves got by a goal to nil, Andy. Did Not, you watch much of it? Well, I, I, <clears throat> I started watching it. I watched the first half and I had Barcelona Wesker on the second screen. And I I just changed the screens at oh, the really? time, so I'd, I'd I'd Barcelona on the big screen. But it was it was worth it because it was a, it was a big night for for Messi. He uh, scored equaled, a cracker of a goal. Yeah, didn't he? what he scored two goals in the end. He equaled the Barcelona appearance record, which is held by Xavi, seven hundred and sixty-seven. He's got six hundred and sixty-one goals as well now. I think two hundred and sixty-five assists. Jesus. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> but, I mean, the two goals he scored last night were absolute classic Messi goals from the edge of the area, yeah. which is one of his many, many special moves. But, like, we were saying before the show, they're not even in his top 50. No. Like, not even close. No, I, I, what I particularly liked is the Griezmann one, the second one, yeah. which was brilliant from range as well. But it was almost like he was taking the, the, the mickey out of him. Going, yeah. oh, look at me. I'm Leo Messi. Yeah. I'm the best player in the world. <laughs> There's something about a goal coming in off the bar, though, as well. Oh, it's just it's the noise it yeah. makes. It's just extra special. It I looks feel like great. the but... bars should have bells on them or something, just so it <laughs> properly makes it. <laughs> I think that was the difference between Barcelona-Wesca and, and, and this game. The fact that Barcelona... Even when they're 3-1 up, they didn't look safe. They played so casually. Mm. And, and that's great, I think, if, if, if you're just watching something on a, on a Monday night. Whereas this, it was such a grim seriousness yeah. to it, wasn't it? Because both teams needed to, to get something because neither have been in great nick. Yeah, I mean, I think like it's tempting to forget to praise Liverpool for grinding out a 1-0 win when they yeah. weren't playing particularly well because obviously that need, that is a really important thing to be done especially in a time of crisis like this but they look so so far away from mm. the team that have just captivated us for the last three seasons or so um, and Wolves as well in sort of a much smaller way they look so I know obviously losing you know Jimenez cannot be understated kind of how important he's been to them but they look really blunt as well and yeah. like you know Adama Traore seems to have reverted to the player who just ran really fast and didn't really have much end product mm. you know like it, he, he seems to have regressed quite a lot this season I know it's weird circumstances for everybody um, but it wasn't a great spectacle and it's, it's two teams that you would you, you know you look at this fixture and expect it to deliver a lot more if you've got no investment in either team you know yeah. that's why you think oh brilliant that'd be great and then <sighs> it was two teams really actually when you put it like that Jim that kind of encapsulated what this whole last year has been because it's been almost a year to the day since football stopped last year and we went into this mm. pandemic and and you've really seen it with these two teams just how how different they are to yeah. at this stage last year. And really, unfortunately, aside from the fact that it was a, a good night for Jota scoring against his former yeah. club at Molyneux and getting the winning goal for Liverpool, 
it was a night really that was marred by what happened to Rui Patricio at the end. Um, it looked horrible. There was around about 15 minutes of time that was stopped for the injury and he was stretched off eventually. The good news is, is that Nuno Spirito Santo has said that he should be okay and he should mm. recover. But in a season where a very similar incident happened to Raul Jimenez, as you've already pointed out, Jim. It's just it's just not very nice at all, is it? Yeah, that that was, I think, in the back of everyone's mind um, when it when it happened. And, you know, fortunately, he's, he's, he's on the road to recovery. Um, but yeah, I, I, it kind of overshadowed the match as well because there was not really much of a match to to overshadow yeah. as, as well. Of course, players' health is, is, is paramount. We're absolutely clear about that. Um, but th- there was there was really not that much to talk about in the game. You know, you think Monday night football is an event, isn't it? Normally, you, you talk about going back to before football was suspended a year ago, Jules. And I think a game like this, when the teams are a little bit out of nick, the crowd carries it. Mm, yeah. yeah. And with without a crowd, it's kind of a tough sell. They had Thierry Henry in the studio for Sky, though, didn't they? Mm. Who dressed nice him? Nice to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Who dressed him? I, I mean, he was he was like pushing the boundaries of possibility. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I looked at him and thought, you still look amazing. Yeah, obviously even though you look, Even though you're dressed like Principal Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> but you're pushing the boundaries here. I'm having to look for the beauty. Yeah, yeah, I didn't enjoy the blazer. I guess so like, Thierry. when you've got what effectively amounts to unlimited funds for clothes, you probably take a lot of fashion risks, right? I mean, I take a lot of fashion risks and that, I have very limited Is that funds, Julian Nagelsmann's so. excuse? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's a Nagelsmann effect. It did definitely have that sort of vibe, didn't it? Did, it didn't it? Really, I don't know. Do, do you reckon at half time he was like on, on his on his phone thinking, yeah, I'm going to return this to Assos tomorrow morning? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. You know what, though? Despite the fact that, as as we've pointed out, look, it wasn't a match where there were a great deal of talking points and neither team really um, electrified the audience watching, it was still, for Liverpool, such an important win, just their second win in eight league games. And it's kind of rekindled a little bit of hope for them that they could still get top four. Because I think this time... Last week, going into the Champions League, it was just, right, just focus on the Champions yeah. League now. Now yes. I think that they're only five five points off Chelsea and it's not impossible for them to, to catch the top four, even though Chelsea have been doing really well under Thomas Tuchel. They're not scoring as many goals as you'd probably like them to score. So there's still definitely hope there for Liverpool. And for sure. Jurgen Klopp pointed out in his post-match, he was like, I loved the win today. He said it was a dirty win. Dirty three points. Dirty three points. Sometimes yeah. you like, need a dirty three like, points. Like that end you? of the night burger. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what it was. Or, or, it's, it's wrong, but yeah. you need it. It's still what? a meal. It's yeah. still a meal. The, exactly. the, the dirtiest yeah. meal I've had after a night out is genuinely, I once went to a family party before I went clubbing and Filipino parties are just all about the food. I put two chicken legs in my coat pocket. <laughs> 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 and at the end of the night, whipped them out, ate them in the taxi queue. Oh my God. That, that's, that's, that's one up Monster. from a fluffy boiled sweet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, did you wrap them in something? Yeah, they're in tinfoil. Right, okay. So you, you, <laughs> you're just carrying them around all night? Yeah. So what? Did no, you... they're in my coat pocket in the cloak room. Did you, did, oh, yeah, you get, uh, did you get searched on the way into the club? And they're like, excuse me, madam, do you I have a crack pipe I in your pocket? Yeah. I don't remember. It's like, no, it's a chicken leg. This get out, you're not coming in. Yeah. That's worse. Back somehow. In, uh, back in Oceana days on Brighton Seafront. Oh, God, yeah. I remember that. God, oh, God. dirty Oceana. Always mm. smelt of vomit. Done a gig in there. Have you? Yeah. Awful, awful business. How did it go? There was only about 50 people in there and it's huge. <laughs> so it was like doing a 
going to stand up in an aircraft carrier. I've gone to a meet and greet. Hanger. Meet and greet. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to a meet and greet with JLS in Oceana there. Did you? Yeah, God, oh. what a nerd. I even bought a T-shirt. What, were they meeting you or were you meeting them? <laughs> I was meeting them. I just imagine Aston such... going, I'm going to see George Bridges on it. I was such a fangirl. Um, where were we? We were talking about how did we get onto that? Dirty no three oh, points. Yeah, dirty dirty three points. points. I think that's absolutely right because um, <laughs> what will be so satisfying for Klopp is that you know it, it's just been DIY of the defence all season, mm. and now um, Phillips and Quebec have got a chance together. They've and got a bit of consistency. Two games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's a start, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, they they, they looked, need it. They looked pretty. Solid. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Wolves looking blunt wasn't just because of Wolves' shortcomings. I think, you know, I, a lot of people have been really quick to judge Ozan Kabak. And that he's come from, like, you know, the most failingest club in Europe's top yeah. five leagues. Who are like an, an actual joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's How like, have they got to this point? It's ridiculous, yeah, isn't it's it? Mad. Like, it's, if anyone hasn't seen what's going on at Schalke and you're a fan of Schadenfreude, Go and have a look. Like it's just but astonishing. Jim, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Goal and an assist for Mustafi at the weekend. Yeah. Well, exactly. Four full spoke, obviously. <laughs> but, but, but but still. Why did they think that would solve the problem? Oh, but it, was, it was it was funny. They were they were nil-nil after half an hour. Then Mustafi scores this bizarre own goal. The weirdest and they, own goal. They end up they end up losing five nil. And it was described in uh, Built as the most Schalke thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So from there to Liverpool. I mean, that is astonishing. And, and yeah, what got, an agent that man has got. And they've got no senior defenders, really, to, to guide him through. Mm. I, th- I think... Fabinho's back there. That's a big, big boost, isn't it? It makes an enormous difference mm. to, to have in midfield. You, you know, Liverpool look like they have shape again. Yeah. And also, I mean, with the way the league is, I mean, probably with the exception of Man City and maybe Man United with how consistent they've been of late... Um, you think anyone is susceptible to perhaps falling away. We've not seen what happens when Chelsea lose yet. That's mm. bound to happen soon. They've got West Brom next. <laughs> With respect, it probably won't be then. But if they if they do do have a loss, we don't know how they'll really react to that. But everyone's exhausted. Everyone's running on empty. So, mm. you know, if Liverpool can get over this hump and put a run together, maybe they can power back into the top four. And this is, this is the first step to that if they are going to do it. Of all the teams that are capable of putting a run together, it's them. And like they've been as bad as they're going to get, really, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James Milner made his 158th substitute appearance last night as well, equaling Crouchy's record for Premier League sub appearances. Um, but presumably, Milner's Premier League debut preceded stats, or even the concept of numbers, <laughs> so bloody long ago. Uh, it was November 2002 he made his Leeds debut as a sub, <laughs> wow. which is actually quite amusing. There we go. Bless him. Yeah. I remember watching his goal against Sunderland away I think it was when he was still a 16 year old in a in a piano bar in a Havana Cuba while really? I was on while I was on holiday Check you out mm, that's a lot more that wholesome was, than the story was... you told us earlier Andy <laughs> <laughs> your that Thailand was, exploits it was, <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, I have to finish that now, don't I? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Jim has literally set you up there. Well, I, tell I, us about Havana first. Well, it was it was the hotel that Ernest Hemingway used to live in. Oh, nice. And oh. you ne- you never think you're going to be watching Sunderland versus Leeds while someone's tinkling the ivories. <laughs> no. In, in no. the in, in the foyer there, I was I was ill, so I couldn't go out. Oh. 
It's unfortunate. Back so, to Thailand then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I went to. I, it was just a, a, a little mistake. I was. I was. I, I went to watch some uh, Muay Thai boxing, which was amazing, by the way. Um, but the toilets weren't labelled in uh, English. So I actually went into the ladies and was escorted out by two armed policemen. <laughs> Did they speak your language? Speak the language? Could you explain yourself? Or they were like, "We, I, we I might think, have to shoot this pervert." I, I think I think the language of "I have a gun" is quite persuasive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Andy, I could just picture it. Amazing. Um, right, let's. Uh, that's enough of uh, Liverpool Wolves. Um, but congrats to Liverpool; they got the win in the end, a dirty win as well. Um, a couple of days ago, it was announced that the FA Cup's actually going to host a sizable crowd now in May as part of a few trials for live events, getting fans back into stadiums. This is obviously good news. Um, the number of fans isn't, hasn't been confirmed, but it is supposedly going to be more than the 10,000 capacity that was originally set out in this government roadmap that we heard about a few weeks ago. So they're going to have a select number of fans in there. I want to know how they're going to pick these fans for the FA mm. Cup final. How should they decide? Will it be, I don't know, compulsory to get a tattoo of the club's crest? I think <laughs> there should be a series of events leading up to the FA Cup final starting from next week. Total wipeout style. Nice. Do you remember Total Wipeout? Yeah. Yes. What a show. Yeah, I didn't they what film it in Argentina because the health and safety laws are a bit more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> How good would it be to have a go on that, though? I don't even want to go to the FA Cup final because Brighton aren't in it, but, yeah. you know, I'll just have a go on Total Wipeout. I, I think it's a much better idea than the tattoo thing because you know what would happen. There would be a picture in various tabloids of... This fan started getting a tattoo done in the semi-final and then his team conceded two in the last 15 minutes yeah. and didn't go through. Yeah, He says he regrets nothing. <laughs> they always regret nothing, don't they, when that happens? Um, yeah, maybe maybe it'll be just the fans with the, the biggest reach on social media. It'll just be fan channels oh, filming themselves no, watching the game, just no, thousands of them, just no, to get more eyeballs on it. It's all about the eyeballs. Can't be having that. That's depressed. That's a depressing thought, isn't it? I'm full of them. How? <laughs> it, the thing is, it's actually pretty hard how they're going to pick because the Premier League also announced, didn't they, that they're going to try and move the last two fixtures of the season to make sure that you can have fans. So every team will basically be able to have some home fans before the end of the season. This is what the yeah. Premier League are going to try and yes. do. But again, it's like, how do you pick the fans for that? It always feels a little bit unfair and it's, probably going to end up being quite a few corporate tickets I, I, yeah. because I they need the money and corporate such tickets a shame. and season ticket holders probably yeah. get a priority you'd think maybe yeah, it'd be just those yeah and I, th I think you can understand that really I would like the fans to be picked who are most likely to cry at big <laughs> moments because what I've really missed is you know someone's juddering bottom lip <laughs> when um their their team sees a title slip away or uh, just about to get relegated. I don't know why I watched this last night, but I rewatched the clip of um remember the Champions League game where it was like it felt like it was the first huge VAR moment when Sterling's goal was ruled out yeah. um for you know against Spurs mm, yes. getting to the final and I rewatched that and there was just images of City fans in the crowd when that decision was made. And like you do miss that, don't you? You yeah. miss seeing that despair and oh, that totally. pain. And as we were saying about the, the Wolves and the Liverpool game, I think the North London derby was a good example of it as well. Like, I think I've, I'm more, I, I think I'm more aware of the, the lack of fans and what we lose without fans now than I was at the start of it. 100%. Like, I'm not getting more used to it. It's no. getting worse. Yeah. The more you see old shots of crowds, the more you think, God, like, oh, I really miss that now. Yeah. Whereas at the start, I think we sort of, 
all kind of pulled together and just went, okay, this is going to be fine because it's only temporary. Whereas now it's actually like, no, I just really want to get them back. Yeah, yeah. We, we were discussing this last week, me, Kate and Luke on here. And um, I, was, I was saying how they'd um, produced, I think it was on the, the Leon Twitter channel, a um, like it was a, a four-year anniversary of Alex Lacazette scoring against Leon, uh, scoring against Roma in um, a Europa League game, big Europa League game. And the noise when it hits the net, it's, it's a last-minute goal. Mm. It it takes you back now. It, yeah. it you know you really it, it flies out of the speaking. Like, Whoa, you know you, you're not expecting it. At, yeah. At, yeah. At all. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, going back to the FA Cup game. Um, the FA Cup final. Sorry, should I say there was talk that only local fans would actually be allowed to travel to go to the match, which would leave Man City and United in a bit of a spot. So do you reckon mm. this is why Ed Woodward has recently <laughs> sold his home in Chester yeah, and moved yeah. to London? He's going to buy a massive house. Oh, come round. <laughs> All come round. I'll give you a utility bill. You can pretend tickets. you live here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, insert your own Manchester United joke here, listeners. We're not doing all the work for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Andy, lots more to look forward to on Football Ramble Presents as well, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had the release of a new Ramble meets. It's me and uh, Tom Vernon, the chairman of FC Nordsjælland in Denmark. It's a fascinating story because uh, he started the Right to Dream Football Academy in Ghana, and now that academy has bought the club, not the other way around. Wow. But it's really interesting uh, about the relationship and the exchange of knowledge uh, between uh, Africa and Europe. I, I, th I think you'll love it. So, yeah, look up Football Ramble Presents. Give it a listen. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll take a break after this and more lovely Football Ramble goodness. I'm Martin Keown and you're listening to Football Ramble. Yeah, maybe just once more about the Football Ramble. That'd be all right. Hi. I'm Martin Kean, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. I'm Martin Kean. Kean. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> he went for it as well, Jim. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> Who is that? He goes, hey, do it again. It's you putting on a voice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome back, guys. It's Jules, Jim, and Andy here for Tuesday's Football Ramble. Now it's time for some of this. Just even a show and Yep, well done, everybody, especially Alan Marples, who's been in touch on the subject of vomiting footballers, which obviously Pete uh, broached yesterday. Um, could I bring your attention to the antics of retired striker Lloyd Owusu? He made his debut for Sheffield Wednesday in 2002, coming on as a sub in the derby against Sheffield United. As he entered the field of play, he could be seen on the TV cameras vomiting, perhaps through nerves, but he later stated that as an asthmatic, he would often drink excess water, causing him to be sick. Anyway, post-vomit, he promptly entered the pitch and 60 seconds later, headed the Owls in front with his first touch. We went on to win the game 2-0 and the moment is giving Lloyd an everlasting cult hero status. <laughs> Pretty amazing. That is amazing. Um, I've got a Lloyd Owusu story, actually. Weirdly yeah. enough, when I worked for Optus on the World Cup in 2018 and I was out in Australia, I met him because he lives in Sydney. 
And he's quite good friends with Michael Bridges, who was one of the pundits who I was uh, working with. Yeah, so when we were out there, and obviously back then you were actually allowed to go out and have drinks and stuff, he came mm. on a night out with us. Was he sick at any he point? He wasn't <laughs> sick, actually. He wasn't. Um, but he was a really nice guy, bless him. Oh, bless that's him. good. There you go. Um, yeah, get your get your emails into us. We love hearing from you guys. Show at footballramble.com. Um, and also, you might have seen this on our Instagram and on our Twitter page yesterday. We want you to send us in your very own email jingles. I think basically everyone's had enough of Pete's jingle. Yeah. So we'd like a new one. The madder the better. No copyrighted music. Otherwise, we will get sued. Um, so send <laughs> yeah. those in to us. Show at footballramble.com. And any other tweets you want to drop us as well, it's at footballramble on Twitter. I mean, it can be whatever you want, but it needs to be something that I can sing in the shower with the same passion <laughs> that I do Pete's song. Are you going to miss it when oh, it goes? I'll miss it, yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. We'll release it on vinyl or something. So anyone that misses it <laughs> Record store day next year. <laughs> um, look, boys, the England under-21 squad was announced yesterday. Um, few names in there that you probably expect to see. Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Greenwood has made the under-21 squad as well as Emile Smith-Rowe has been brilliant for Arsenal this season, mm. Jim. Curtis Jones, Eze's in there. Dwight McNeil, who scored a fantastic goal for Burnley at the weekend as well. Um, but yesterday also, um, when the squad was announced, there was also news that Eunice Moose has picked to play for the USA ahead of England. He'd previously played for all the England underage groups and also captain the under-18s. So we had Musiala doing this a couple months ago mm. and now we've got it with Musa as well, Andy. Why are they all jumping ship? What's going on? I, th- I think it's an interesting question, Jules, because um, Musa, who's played for the Valencia first team a lot this season, has been really good. He was only 17 at the start of the season. Um <laughs> It's 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 one it's one of those ones where it it wasn't a massive surprise. Unlike the Musiala one, which felt a little bit more in the balance um, when he made his decision. Um, with Musa, he's already played a couple of friendlies for the US in the last international break, so it's it's not the the biggest surprise ever. But it was announced in the US on ESPN, I think, because if it was a, a massive big deal. He gave an interview and a bit of a talk about it and said why he'd uh, chosen the US. And I think coming so soon after the Musiala thing, of course, like, like I think people will look at it at the moment and say, well, look, we've got so many good midfielders, it doesn't matter. But I don't think it's really about that, actually, because if you look at the way that Musiala was wooed, for want of a better word, um, by Yogi Love, he came to visit him loads at the Allianz Arena. He had dinner with him. He talked about exactly how he could see his development in the team. Really, before Gareth Southgate had even picked up the phone, and then with the Musa thing. And Musa, the reason he's eligible to play for the States is because he was born in New York City when his mum was on holiday. That's amazing. So he, he, it is, he, isn't it? He grew, he grew up in Italy until he was nine, and then from nine he lived in uh, East London. So he, he sound he sounds like, you know, a total East Londoner when he when he speaks. And yet, the way the USA, and I realise they're more used to chasing dual nationality players, and that's something that comes from the Jurgen Klinsmann reign and trying to, like, I guess, use the full diaspora. The, the way they worked with him, and Moose has talked about it, they sort of talked about um, not just asking how he's getting on at Valencia, but helping him in terms of how he could adapt to first-team football. One of the coaches um, with the US under Greg Bahalto who used to play for Valencia, actually talked to him, gave him tips about the club, gave him a personal training problem uh, program. And in the end, uh, Musa was ringing him up and saying, 
okay, I, I'm soliciting you for advice now. So it became a real friendship. Mm. I think that does make a difference. And I just wonder if like England aren't really used to dealing with dual nationality players. So are they maybe missing out? Because the thing is, I know we can say, well, we've got so much talent here, but the world's changing. There will mm. be more of this in future. Absolutely. I, I think. And you wonder as well, I mean, maybe this is overly simplistic, but was any effort made to try and convince Erling Haaland to play for England? <laughs> like any at all? Because, mm. I mean, the likelihood, he stated there, there, that I mean, he never wasn't. would have picked anyone <laughs> other than Norway. But have a go, look at him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's an absolute animal. Do you think that part of Moose's decision though, Andy, as well, is because the US men's national team now are... Uh, you can see that there's a real hope for the future for them. Mm. There are so many young, talented American players playing all across Europe now. You think Gio Reyna, Weston McKennie. There, there are some really talented players there. So maybe he's seeing this as a place where he can grow with the team and you know potentially mm. they could go quite far in the next and World grow, Cup. And grow the brand probably mm. as well. Yeah. I, I think as a, as, as a central piece of that. I think that's, that's, that's probably part of it too but you know I'm, I'm not trying to lay this on gareth southgate by any stretch of the imagination but i think it's something that the fa as an organization maybe needs to get a little bit better at because mm. i mean gareth southgate has always been very good at looking forward hasn't he and kind yeah. of being a little bit more dynamic but that this yeah. does seem to be a blind spot and it's a shame yeah i mean missy is clearly a what a talent we're going to miss so out on good, there. He's so good, isn't he? Yeah. Such a good player. Um, a shout out as well to Brighton's very own Robert Sanchez, who got a call up to the Spain squad. Go on, lad. I mean, <laughs> at the start of the season, he wasn't even our second choice goalkeeper. He was playing at Rochdale on loan last season, and now he's got a call up to his country. I mean, That's it's, amazing. It's, it is amazing, Jules, but... I'd never thought about the Holland thing now, and now I'm sad that he's not <laughs> yeah. playing for England. Thanks, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Told you, we'd full win of sad it. Thoughts. We'd win it with him, wouldn't we? Easy, easy, easy. easy. That's what we need. We just need another Erling Haaland. Yeah, God, he's ridiculous, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, there is. It does feel like he was created in a lab to eventually get revenge on Roy Keane, doesn't he? So maybe we can find that lab and make another one. Yeah, yeah. If all, if all those youngsters' careers we were just talking about don't end up working out, maybe they could always become a watchmaker like Stefan Lichtensteiner, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who uh, who started an internship with a watchmaker. This is so stereotype, isn't it? Isn't it? It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's so good. It's weird. Like, I, I guess like what they do yeah, why the hell not you can do what you like yeah. Stefan Lichtsteiner has always wanted to be a watchmaker it sounds a bit like a Jeremy Beadle sketch though doesn't it you know if, if Lichtsteiner's on, on the field is anything to be <laughs> to be going by I mean uh, you know what, what, what they do take him a watch and go Stefan this uh, we're going to work out how to fix a watch and he goes okay reaches into his bag gets a hammer and yeah. smashes <laughs> it <laughs> yeah from that bonkers stuff to some real utterly just absolute madness going on in Brazil. So it is the equivalent of the Brazilian FA Cup, the Copa do Brazil. And the first round kicked off last week and Juazarense progressed after a 3-2 win against Sport Recife. Bear with us because have a listen to some of the weird stuff that has happened out there. Now, Sport Recife have asked Juazarense to be kicked out of the competition after a series of unusual events. I present to you this. After Juazarense went 3-2 up, the sprinklers came on and the ball boys all disappeared. The, <laughs> there were then also two stoppages totaling an hour and a half because the floodlights went out. I mean, this is all a very handy coincidence, isn't it? I mean, if this is all 
intentional. Has a team ever gone, Jim, to such extreme lengths to sabotage a football match before? Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine they have. I'm. I'm most struck by this team of mischievous ball boys. Like, have they? Did they set off the sprinklers? And have they then gone and turned off the floodlights? Maybe it is just them playing a prank, and it's Could it's be. all just you know sabotaged by by them rather than the club. Maybe they're in real trouble right now. Or it's it's an accident that they turned on the sprinklers and they're like, oh, we got to go get yeah. out of here, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is just bizarre. It's just like just play the game. Yeah. I mean, why can't we have just good old, simple sort of wholesome ball boy action like when <laughs> when you had um one of them getting I, an assist <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was th- i was thinking eden hazard i was thinking yeah. at, at sevilla when it was it was under uh, juan de ramos when they were winning a game one nil or by a goal in the last couple of minutes all the ball boys would throw the ball on at the, the same time nice no nice. actually i mean you know a little bit be- little bending of the rules sometimes can be fun and we can applaud it you know like a cheeky yellow card oh, here yeah, there, a little it. bit of gamesmanship why not why not spread that too off the pitch <laughs> actually i think i like this i think we should see more of it wasn't samir nasri a ball boy for marseille about six months before he made his debut for them well he, right? he could probably still be a ball so. boy now to, to, to look at his face he looks like he's yeah. never shaved <laughs> <laughs> um going back to brazil the day after all of those shenanigans uh boa vista another team played goyas and the referee <laughs> decided to have a little wee in the centre circle before kickoff, which is very weird. Um, the weirdest part about it is he actually didn't take his shorts off either. <laughs> so there was just like piss dribbling down his leg directly over the match ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I can think of, Jim, is that he was stung by a jellyfish and just needed to... <laughs> well, you'd be the expert yeah, on that, I mean, obviously. he obviously listens to Football Ramble. <laughs> I mean, the video of it, because of course there's a video of it, is, of is. is horrible. I mean, he... There's a look, there's a confusing look on his face, which is very, very blank. And I kind of think, is he really, really mortified and just hoping nobody will notice this? Or is this how he normally does it? Does he normally not take well, his clothes off? It, it didn't seem as if, I, he, he seemed quite relaxed about the whole episode. I mean, if, you know, you're, you're a gentleman and you find it sometimes quite difficult, you, you might get a bit of stage fright in a urinal when mm. you're in a, a pub or a restaurant. Imagine going from that Literally, voluntarily pissing yourself in a stadium with 35 cameras in, in, the, in HD. On the exact middle point. Like, it couldn't, could not be more centre stage. Like, yeah, it's awful. It's like, it's at the beginning of the game as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is he like, oh, I feel much better, thing. lads. Right, let's get on with it, shall yeah. we? And then, like, he's going to have, like, a puddle in his boot. <laughs> like, it's going to be sloshing around as he's running. Oh, it's, it's just, just so... Just Grim. time it better. And, and also, you've only just started. Go for a wee before you get out there. Come on. We all go to the toilet before we start the ramble. There, 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 was, there was that time that um, <laughs> Rule, um, Rule Fox and Les Ferdinand got locked in the toilets at, at Newcastle at half-time when they were playing for Spurs, wasn't there? I don't remember when, that. When uh, Spurs started the second half. Right. And um, they only had nine men <laughs> because uh, Fox and Ferdinand had gone for a slash and um, whoever was the caretaker had locked the dressing rooms Amazing. so the stuff didn't get nicked, not realising they'd come out. Yeah. It happened quite recently with Micah Richards, didn't it? When he was doing uh, Sky Punditry, he got locked in his dressing room at Sky and so he was like bashing on the door. I don't think he went to the toilet, actually, to be yeah. fair. He just got locked in his dressing room and then he luckily managed to get it out get out onto the studio floor just before they went on air. Why are people getting locked into <laughs> rooms in football? It's confusing to me. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 uh, I, my favourite one was, I think it was, 
correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Peter Beagry on Norwegian TV on transfer deadline day. I think you would be the only one to know this, Andy. And <laughs> he'd he'd gone to um he he'd gone to the toilet um in in a commercial break. And because it was deadline day, they rushed back when it was a major deal. But the production staff hadn't cut his microphone. Oh no. So no, as, no, 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 as no. the presenter went to announce this big deal, all Norway could <laughs> was him pissing oh god that is actually one of my biggest fears because we're always mic'd up in the studio aren't we and occasionally you obviously need to go to the loo and i'm always like is my mic out please is my mic out have you (laughs) muted my mic please mute my mic oh biggest fear ever horrible and we had some twitter uh, twitter correspondent should i say uh on this referee weeing himself um some very good puns here pierre luigi colwina was one nice labored. you you and I are ready <laughs> and my ultimate favorite we mason simple. simple nice and simple love that very good um staying in brazil um there was also a story at the weekend describing how zico still drives a toyota celica that he won 40 years ago as his man of the match prize against liverpool in the 81 intercontinental cup that's amazing. Uh, he said, uh, it's a great trophy, a fantastic memory. It's the most important competition that Flamengo has won to date. He's talking about the car. <laughs> it sounds like that. He also refers to it as, I, I read about this, and it, he refers to it as Celica, like it's a person. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, some people do name, name their, their cars. cars. Yeah, yes, they do. True, don't they? I mean, has, has your car got a name? No, my car doesn't have a name. Does yours, Jim? No, I don't have a car. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, before we end things, um, just a bit of news about the Qatar World Cup. Uh, suffered a bit of a setback again. I feel like we've said this a fair few times. Um, the Dutch company that usually provides grass for UEFA and FIFA tournaments has actually declared this week that it will not do so for the Qatar World Cup on ethical grounds. So we're going to have a World Cup at the moment without any grass. No grass. Plastic pitches for this World Cup. I mean, could it get Street any World worse? Cup. Street World oh, Cup. Street World Cup. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it'll be some sort of brushed blood diamond pitch. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what will be used instead? I mean, God. It, I mean, they, they just have to find another another company, won't they? They will. But I, we've spoken about this before and I, I would love to see... Um, a game of football played on, like you know, the travelators at the airport. <laughs> like, so it's is, just is, like is the it pitch in your mind sort of from, moves around. Is it in your mind from that Brazil World Cup advert? Oh, but, uh, which know, the, one? The Nike oh, the, the, advert, the famous, yeah, yeah where, where they're uh, in the airport, and is it R- Ronaldo hits the post at the end? No, I wasn't thinking of that actually. I just think like running on a pitch that is moving would be really hard, and it'd take you a while to get used to it. But it's if you can play a good game, like, yeah, it is, and that's what I want. Have you ever tried to go the other way on those though? I don't. Oh, you'd, you'd save have. that for the knockouts, Jules. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, add some sort of yeah. uphill element. Yeah, yeah. Or if, it, when, if, it, if a game goes to extra time, then you have to play on the travelator going the other way around just to make it even harder. <laughs> <laughs> You've played 90 minutes, now extra time on that. Yeah, I, I, I like the sound of that. But it's, it's, it's better than silver goal, certainly. Mm. Yeah, oh, that was rubbish, so. wasn't it? That was one of the worst changes ever, the silver and golden gold. <laughs> Go away. Uh, seriously though if you do want any spare astroturf I've recently astroed my back garden and I've, I've, I've got a little bit in the garage I'm in so, the middle of uh, doing mine as call well me, call me maybe I that's what well. Qatar will have really? to do just ring around everyone if you've got a little bit if, you've got a li- <laughs> if everyone's got a bit we can make some pitches I've currently Would got you... two squares because I've got the samples at the moment it's going to be laid next week I'm quite excited we're putting fake turf down because the dog he just digs too much so we've, got, we've, <laughs> we've gone for the fake turf 
<laughs> Surely he'll be really confused by that. Yeah, he will be. He's not going to understand that he's going to have to shit on plastic now. He's going to be like, what is this? I don't poo on this. He is the... He's king in that place, isn't he? He, he you really can tell. is king of our house. He's 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 convinced us to spend a couple of grand on fake grass, <laughs> and he's literally seven months old. <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, more football tonight. Yay! Uh, there's never a night without football at the moment. Champions League returns. Uh, got a couple of good games at four two later. Man City against Gladbach. Real Madrid, Atalanta. Um, it's actually quite a tough week, Andy, for the Madrid teams, isn't it? Yeah. Can they go through? I, 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 I think Chelsea would just about edge out Atletico. Mm. I, I'm not. I can't really read this Real Madrid Atalanta game because I, I would feel super confident for Atalanta if they hadn't conceded that goal right at the end of the first leg, which yeah. obviously they played the most. That Ramos week, is back there, isn't he? Yeah, that 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 makes a difference. But Real Madrid, it's not underlined enough. If you go back over the last what three Champions League seasons. They're epically shit at home in the knockouts. Mm. You know, they lost at home to Juventus. They just about got a draw with Bayern. They lost to Manchester City last season. Um, yeah, I, I, Atalanta can definitely go there and score, and that would make it interesting. Yeah, and Man City still on for the quadruple. Uh, just go away. Yeah, although, <laughs> I mean, there's been a, been a bit of controversy around that, hasn't there, at the club? Because Zinchenko's been talking about it, and uh, Pep Guardiola's just like, no, no. <laughs> Shut up! No one's ever going to do that. Enough with that talk. But you sure he must? He must want it. He's pet. Of course, it's he all does. he thinks about. Of course, he does. There's always the next thing, isn't there? And obviously, they're desperate to win the Champions League. That'll be the hardest of the yeah. quadruple to win. But well, the first, one that he wants the most. First things first, I reckon. You you win the League Cup, set out your stall, Mourinho esque, and of course this year that means you're guaranteed a place in the UEFA Conference League as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, once City have got that out of the way, I'm sure they feel nice and relaxed. <laughs> didn't they? It's interesting. It would be the most Mourinho thing ever. But when you've got actual Mourinho standing in the way of it, what, what yeah, happens then? True. Very true. Mm. Yeah. Andy's really thinking about that. Oh, now, I'm you? Yeah. <laughs> it's an unstoppable force of movable object sort of territory, isn't it? Um, Andy, you're going to be back tomorrow, aren't you? You're here with Marcus and Pete for some more Football Ramble fun. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.